everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sober. Busy Living Sober. Busy Living Sober. These guys are trying to dance with me. Hey, everybody. It's busy. It's episode 260. I can't believe we're 260 with George Yeomans and Evan Quinn, who just started HIO. And you just started it, actually. Didn't it launch just recently? Two and a half months ago. Two and a half months ago. And I think it's interesting because when your PR person or whoever it was that sent me the initial email was like, oh, I want you should have these guys on. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Are they addicts? And she said, no. And I was like, okay. They started a non-alcoholic drink. You know, you're not out there making a microbrew or doing an IPA, but you're doing a non-alcoholic drink. And tell us why you decided to do this. Yeah. Um, well, so it's, it's kind of, uh, it comes out of probably the toughest moment in my life. Uh, certainly a tough one for Evan as well. Um, that was this coincidental kind of awful traumatic experience where both of us had family members who were hospitalized with alcohol related issues in April of 2019. So it's like, Evan and I had been wanting to create a company together for a little bit, and we were kicking around a couple of different ideas. And then this happens, right? And we're both pretty rocked by it. Um, and we looked at each other and we both decided to go sober out of solidarity with those family members um, and just like cut back on, on our drinking. And as we did, we started seeing, wow, there is like, this is way harder than it should be. Right, um, and there's obviously a lot of reasons why drinking less or, or going completely sober is, is challenging, but there were some that were very addressable issues where it was like the options out there are just all felt like lesser than options to me, right? Like soda water and lime is kind of boring. Um, mocktails are like sugary. You know, we wanted something that felt like it deserved its place at the table right? Where you could have a high in your hand and you could feel excited because the flavors were awesome and complex. You could be excited because it did have like a bit of a mood boosting, stress relieving kind of feeling. So you could feel participatory um, or participatory. And, um, and we wanted to ultimately just change the, the societal kind of pressure to drink in that social setting, right? When we were saying, yeah, no, I'm not drinking tonight the drooping faces around the table, right? Of just like, oh, you're not fun or you're, or I'm somehow binging on your good time. Um, it just was, it, it was staggering to us. So we just thought through this vehicle of Ohio of creating a drink that feels like a better than alcohol alternative, we can start to change the way that people drink. We can make it easier for people to not feel like they have to drink every time they go out and socialize. They can have another alternative that they can be excited about um, and that would ultimately help them live kind of happier, healthier lives. So, you know, whether you are drinking less for like the night and just kind of taking it off or like I I'm sober, I don't drink at all. Like, and I still love going out, love going to parties, love going to concerts, all that jazz. Um, but I wanted to have something that I could enjoy there as well. So we're just trying to make it easier for people to drink a little bit less and uh, hopefully, um, you know, change the societal pressure around it as well. So uh, that was, that was the catalyst that sparked uh, this kind of crazy journey that Evan and I have been on for the last three years or so. Um, 
and uh, it's been a wild ride. We just launched, as I said, like about two and a half months ago. Um, so it's it's been a lot of fun and and uh, it's been pretty awesome too. Um, just kind of getting to hear people's stories. So. It's interesting because, and I mentioned this before we went live, I think before Evan came on, you know, the reality is I was a huge go out person. There's a lot of alcoholics that weren't go out people, right? They stayed home and they got drunk by themselves. But there's a lot of us out there that that love going to concerts, that love going to bars. Like I love going, I mean, I used to love to go to a dark smoky bar where you could smoke cigarettes still. This is in New York City and I'm dating myself and have a dirty martini and it was fabulous. The problem is I can't have one, I have 47. So I, um, and it always happened. And, you know, I used to do a crazy thing a couple of years ago called Thursday Thursdays because there's so many people that are out there. So I say kudos to you. I would still challenge you guys to send me some. I haven't tried any of this, you guys, everybody out there. So I've got to try this stuff because I haven't tried it yet. But um, because so many people need that alternative because they think that life which I did too. I have to be, admit when I was getting sober, I was like, my life's going to be over. This sucks. I'm not going to be able to be on the stage with the band and legit try to sing with them. I'm not going to be able to run around like I did because now I've got the stigma. I'm an alcoholic, you know, I've got a problem and it's been quite the contrary because I do believe that for me, like I've owned my alcoholism since day one, right? I just owned it. And I don't know if I own it because it gives me a little bit of a safety net. Do you know what I mean? So if you go into a table and you say, yeah, I don't drink. Okay, everybody knows I don't drink. And then they're like, well, wait, are you, you're not an alcoholic. Yeah, I'm an alcoholic. I just don't drink anymore. But having that alternative, which I love the idea of Hyo, and I'm very excited to try it because I think that we do need more people because I do know that at concerts now, there's like a yellow balloon. Did you know that they do this? Have you heard of this? No, what is this? So obviously it's pre-COVID, but pre-COVID, um, there would be like a Dead & Co company concert or let's say um, Coldplay, like a big venue that might be in, a, in a, like at a stadium or something. And there would be all these people with yellow balloons and you'd know that that's where all the sober crew was. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I know that there's like different ways to order drinks that like aren't alcoholic you can call them different things um where like the bartender will know that like yeah that's not an alcoholic drink but you don't have to announce it like hey i want a soda water and lime it's like i don't remember what uh what the different names are like it's something mermaid um <laughs> it's like one of the bars um but that's a really cool uh new thing uh that i i didn't know about so i'll have to look out for yellow balloons now uh, yeah it's so tell me evan so yeah. your family member as well. How was your family member that was battling this two and a half years ago? Yeah, I mean, it, it was really tough. You know, I think it was a, a day, I'm not going to call out the specific one that I probably, I should have lost my family member, right? And I think that that's incredibly scary. Um, luckily, I mean, we, we like to like preface this kind of very traumatic experience that both of us face by saying like both of them are healthy today. You know, my family member has been in AA for the past, you know, whatever that's been, two plus years, they're, they're happier, they're sober, um, they're everything that they didn't think that they needed, but now, um, you know, living a very fulfilled and, and purposeful life. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely very scary. Um, I think the way that I like to preface it with George is like, we did both for a time out of solidarity, like kind of cut out our drinking entirely. 
I, you know, George fully scrapped it out. Whereas myself nowadays, like I kind of come at it from a different lens where I don't like to label, label myself fully sober. Like I am like 99% sober because by virtue of my amazing drink that I created with George and I prefer to drink it. And honestly, running a company is, is so difficult that you know, I don't have time to be hungover anymore. Um, I just, I personally don't like to put that label on myself because I, I, I like to think that I can have a drink, right? And, and I don't have um, those urges that make me want to have more and more and more to where my behavior changes or whatnot. So I kind of, it, it's important for, for us to come at it that way because George and I both, re we represent the opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Ohio's not just for people who have struggled before or don't drink at all, but it, it definitely is for them because it serves as a very serious need as opposed to a want, right? People who don't drink at all for whatever reason, whether that's because they struggle with substances in the past or the myriad of uh, you know amazing reasons why you, you don't drink for the night or the weekend or, or the month. You know, Ohio really does serve a, a wide spectrum of use cases. So, um, you know, we represent both sides because we want to make it known like, Hey, we're here to just make it a little bit easier to, to drink less. And, you know, for a lot of people that is not drinking at all, but for a, a large segment of other people, it's, you know, I have to take care of my three kids or I have a morning meeting or I'm running a marathon next weekend or all these kind of amazing reasons to prioritize your health. And so, you know, we're here to, to celebrate those who, you know, give the world the best version of themselves. It's interesting that you mentioned that you mentioned craving is what you just talked about that that mentioned that you said that you have one drink and you don't want any more right majority of people who listen to my podcast are battle that right that that phenomenon of craving as we call it and it is so cunning baffling and powerful and i'm sure you were witnesses unfortunately or fortunately of your loved ones going through this phenomenon of craving that inability to stop right and you watching that as, I don't know if it was sibling, a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, I have no idea, but watching that, those feelings that you probably conjured up were fear, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, there's a whole mess of uh, feelings. Usually it's, it's not good ones, right? Um, I think there's fear. There's also like frustration and anger. Um, and, and frankly, for me, like I, I mean, I saw it in myself as well. That's why I don't drink anymore. Right? Okay. It's like, I know where this is going for me. Like, I think it was, I was probably more in your camp where it was like one turns to 47 <laughs> quickly. And, um, you know, like whether, whether I call myself an alcoholic or not, it's just like, I know that I'm better without it for sure. I know that it doesn't serve me. And I know by virtue of looking at family members, like where it kind of leads, right? Um, and, you know, I, I think that, especially with family members, there's so much love and appreciation for them. And oftentimes when you have alcoholic or substance abuse in your family, like the darkest moments that you have with those people are revolving around substance, right? So mm -hmm. for me, it was like, like when, um, you know, when they, kind of cut it out by virtue of needing to, um, it was, I guess, let, let me like preface it. I, I think like cutting out alcohol is, is very challenging or cutting out any substance is very challenging if it has a big stake in your life, right? There is like that potential of feeling like, okay, what do I fill that time with? What do I fill my life with there? And if it's born out of a severe need, 
then it makes it a little bit easier to say, okay, I have to do this. But for those people that are kind of like electing to drink less and being worried, okay, what am I going to do with my time? It does require you to say, all right, how do I fill this, this moment, right? How do I fill this with something better? Because if you just cut out alcohol and then expect to be, or, or anything, cut out booze, drugs, whatever, um, and then cut out that and not fill it with something better, I think there is going to be, you're going to feel that, that void. So what I always say and what I always encourage is like, okay, how am I going to make myself or make that time better? So I like, I love golfing. I love running. I love fit, like fitness just in general. Like I, I like trying to lean in deeper with the, the people that I love, like coming up with all of the reasons and the ways that you're going to fill that time, as opposed to like the time that you were fucked up. Right. Like, yeah. um, and I think that's what has helped my family members who have suffered from it. It certainly helped me. Um, in my case, like I'm creating an alcohol alternative. I feel the pretty good um, need there, right? It's impossible to launch a business when, uh, when you're fighting a, a hangover or a two or three day hangover um, in my case, usually, because again, I didn't know when to stop. Um, so yeah, I think it's just really important um, to be able to find something that is, is more rewarding, that it fills your cup. Um, and, and that's certainly been the thing that like has really helped me and, and my family members at least, so. Well, it's interesting because you think that if I want to continue to live my life and have this be, have a normal, and I hate that word normal, because to me, normal is literally white bread wonder. You know, it just always looks the exact same where, you know, like multigrain has so many different like lumps and different things <laughs> and everything. I'm more of a multigrain and um, you need, you need to feel like you're one of the group, right? You don't want to walk in and be like, oh my gosh, I'm different. Ab Nobody Ab likes to be different, right? That is, that's one of the biggest reasons of why we are creating HIO is to, I mean, HIO stands for happy in your own. So like oh. happy in your own skin. It's like this, this kind of our take on the play, like a playful take on the idiom of like happy in your own skin, right? Because we felt like we wanted to solve that issue of when you're sitting at the table and you say, I'm not drinking. Like the, the faces, the frustration, the like, the otherness that you can feel, it's bullshit, right? You're, you're being met with, you should be praised for whatever reason you come to to not drink. It's likely a good one. It's likely you trying to be a better version of yourself. It's likely coming from a pretty positive place, right? And mm -hmm. oftentimes I think that it's met right now with negatives, right? Of like maybe a lesser than option that I was talking about, like, like a soda water and lime doesn't feel as exciting as a is a real cocktail, right? Like maybe, okay, at least for me. Um, and the societal pressure of like looking at people and them saying like, oh, you're not fun or you're not gonna be included kind of in this. Um, you know, we wanted to completely change that where it's like, no, when you, when you make that choice, we're gonna show you how rewarding that can be from the initial experience of HIO of like the feeling and the, like the flavors and <clears throat> all of that but then also like showcasing the next day and, and how you aren't nursing a, a hangover and having to send a bunch of apology texts um, and just like riddled with anxiety about like all the stupid shit you did. Um, just trying to, trying to make that feel like you can be included in it 
and not have the sacrifice associated with, I don't know, abstaining. So, well, it's interesting because it, I, instead of looking at it as sac sacrificial, as you just used that word sac sacrificial, it's not to be sacrificed, right? Like for me, I know I had enough. I mean, when I go to a bar right now and somebody's like, oh, do you want to drink? I'm like, you don't have enough. You just don't. There's just not enough here to like fulfill that hole that I have. And I think that it's a spiritual hole and it's more of a judgment feel we feel about ourselves, right? Nobody wants to be judged by anybody else, you know, and busy living sober is all about getting busy living sober in your life. And I think Hayo, which I just love that it's, I love what it stands for. How did you guys come up with that? Evan, yeah, you get I mean, to answer this one. Huh? You no, get to I mean, answer this one. No, I mean, yeah, it's tougher. I'm, I love listening to George. I think George more fits this. But like both of us come from, we have the same perspective, right? Like we're trying to come at this from a very positive lens that the drink itself is just a vehicle to change the way that the social setting is, right? Alcohol is so ingrained in the social setting. And that's just because of years and years and decades of like, that's just how it's been. And I think that there's been a, you know, an intersection of health and wellness in the social setting where people are like, you know, people are bragging more, more nowadays, especially younger generations, like how they're not getting fucked up, right? Like it, people aren't saying, oh, I was so hungover. They're saying like, I have these goals. I have these ambitions. I have all these things I want to get done in my life. And like George said it before, like alcohol never serves those, you know, those wants and those needs and stuff like that. So I think that Ohio, you know, we're trying to break down the stereotype around the social setting. I think it's really important that it's not like an us and them thing. Like Ohio, in a lot of ways, allows you to participate in the same way that alcohol would. We, it's very important to us that Ohio gives people this mood enhancing, you know, stress relieving feeling that we call the float that comes from you know, our functional stack of ingredients that we can talk about because it gives them that kind of like, hey, there's a noticeable effect happening here that I can socialize around. But at the same time, we wanted it to be very similar to its alcohol counterparts. So it comes in that 12 ounce sleek can that a white claw comes in. It has very fruit forward flavors. It's, it's a seltzer. So, which is very popular nowadays with white claw and truly and all the other seltzers. So there's, there's a way of us not wanting to allow people to have like a scarlet letter A on their chest for drinking as if like they're other or different. It's just the idea that it doesn't matter, matter whether you do or don't drink, you're still the same you and you should still be able to have the same amount of like fun or whatever the activity is that everyone else has. And so just like breaking down that stigma that it is in us and them, or like for whatever reason, it's not an equal opportunity to have fun is, is something that Hi is trying to change. And so, you know, the name came about like, we're essentially trying to make people feel happier in their own skin, more comfortable in their decisions, more confident in who they are. And the drink is just a vehicle for that. It's, it's, a, it's a larger mission that this is our best way to change what we believe is like the most detrimental, you know, thing to people's mental and physical health, which is the social setting, which surrounds alcohol. And, you know, we're excited to, you know, kind of like you said before, if we can help like one person live a happier, healthier life with our beverage, we're, you know, we're happy, right? So uh, we're excited. We're young. We're excited to see what we can do with this. But I think we have something truly special to really change the way, you know, people view the social setting and, and, and drinking and, and involved with it. And so I, what's in, what's in Ohio? I had to imagine that question was coming right back up. Um, yeah. So, so George mentioned our kind of Genesis story. And after we both kind of came to the realization, like there was a huge need, you know, not, not just like in the marketplace, right? Like if you go to a bar and, and I'll answer your question directly in a second, but if you go to a bar and you say like, what do you have for non-alcoholic options? It's, 
it's mocktails, it's thing, and then they want to get rid of you, right? But there's a real need for another incremental revenue stream that is non-alcoholic drinks, right? They'll give you a soda or a water and just say like, hey, thanks for, I need to get back to fielding my higher margin alcoholic products. So George and I saw that white space. And then we saw like, there's a lot of people who aren't drinking. So there's a huge white space for people, you know, especially at on-prem, so which is restaurants, bars, concert venues alike to have this kind of really great high quality option. And then we looked at each other, we're like, okay, you know, luckily I was getting my MBA at UCLA at the time. So it was my master's thesis and we had a lot of research time to, to work on this, but we're like, okay, what's the ideal social mood, right? Why do people drink? They want to feel stress-free. They want to feel like more present or engaged or, you know, silly or whatever you want to call it. They want to feel like more in the setting that they're in. And then they usually like to have a little bit of energy, right? Nothing that causes insomnia, but you know, it's not cannabis product or anything like that, where it mellows you out on the couch. They want, want to feel a little bit of uh, up and go. Um, so we essentially worked with a medicinal herbalist out here in California and a professional beverage development team to find uh, an array of functional botanicals that work synergistically to produce that feeling. So we have adaptogens, which are herbs that help regulate your stress levels. So we have like ashwagandha uh, and cordyceps. Cordyceps allows that kind of vitality, endurance, um, kind of like that energy component that isn't going to disrupt your sleep, but definitely gives you a little up, up kick. And then we have nootropics like lion's mane and L-theanine, which are effectively like your brain's best friend. They really help with like this calming focus feeling that provides this kind of heady, noticeable mood enhancement. And then we also have ginger and turmeric, which doesn't, doesn't help that kind of noticeable mood enhancement, but it's, you know, the anti-hangover, right? It aids in digestion. It, 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 it's anti-inflammatory. Um, it makes you feel good the next day, like looking back and saying, you know, the aha moment really is someone drinks high in the social setting. They feel that noticeable mood enhancement. They love the delicious flavors. They go home because they can drive themselves home. They go to bed, they wake up the next morning and they're, they have an amazing day, right? They're not hungover at all. They look back at the occasion. They're like, wow, I was able to participate. I was able to have fun without drinking alcohol. And now I have my whole, you know, usually a Sunday, right? I have my whole Sunday ahead of me and, and I, I'm excited to attack the world. So um, long-winded way of directly answering what's in the drink. And how much sugar? Yeah, so there's five grams total of organic cane sugar. Um, four of which is added, one of which comes from our organic juices. Um, there was a, a the use, so we formulated two different times. And there was a time where Haya was 10 calories and only three grams of sugar. And then on the second round of iteration, we moved it up to 25 calories and five grams of total organic cane sugar. And that's because, you know, people, it needs to taste good, right? If it doesn't taste good, no one's going to care. Um, we, George and I are, are very much, you know, LA ingrained California boys. Um, but we knew, you know, the rest of the, if we wanted this to be something that really inspired a, a national and global change, you know, it had to serve, you know, the av average consumer across the country who usually tends to like something a little bit sweeter. So we had to find a, a middle ground of something that would be cool here in LA, but something that, that could also work at your, you know, Kansas City Costco's. So I think we found a happy medium of, of delicious taste and, and healthy for you. Well, for one, Evan, I didn't only drink on Saturdays. I drink every day. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and, um, you know, the interesting thing is I take all those vitamins you just mentioned that you have in Ohio every day anyway. I mean, at yeah. least I do. I take turmeric. I take ginger. I take ashwagandha. I take all those things anyway in pill form each day. Yeah. I mean, that's part of my vitamin regimen. Ironically, that's so crazy. You mentioned all those. And um, I love that you found an herbalist because I was actually just talking to a friend of mine 
and his great grandmother was uh, a um, Cherokee Indian. And her job was to go out. In, and last night I was talking to him about this. And he talked about his grandmother used to go out into the woods and come back, whoever was having an ailment, and bring whatever herb would fix whatever ailment that other tribe member was going through. So that's really cool that you have that there. And can you drink it every, like if you drink five, are you going to feel sick? No. So we get, we get that question a lot. Um, no, but first and foremost, just, I, it wasn't even a question you had. I think it's really important. Like a lot of people do say to us like, Oh, I already take all those supplements. And for us, that's really awesome because, uh, a drink is one of the, you know, is one of the most consumed type of products. And so the fact that we can, t you can get your daily dose of ashwagandha, L-theanine, turmeric, ginger during an occasion that's notoriously unhealthy. I think it's one of the coolest things about Ohio. Like you don't need to <laughs> take all those pills in the morning of the day, you know, all those supplements, because, you know, you drink at a high or two and you can get your daily value. Um, so to answer the, your new question, so the, 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 the consumption experience with high is really interesting, right? We wanted people to feel that noticeable mood enhancement by the end of their first can, but still make it very sessionable. So you can have two, three, four. Um, we do say you should probably only have about four in one sitting because of just the, the over intake of various, you know, strong supplements, um, like adaptogens and nootropics that could have some adverse effects. But I think the, the, the feeling that you get by virtue of drinking a couple, like it's not like you're drinking one, two, six shots where it's like exponentially hockey sticking how you know, fucked up you are. Whereas you drink Hyo and you get to a certain kind of cruising floaty altitude, like we like to call it. And as long as you're drinking Hyo, you'll stay at that similar, uh, you know, whatever, four out of 10 feeling where you're not, you're not inebriated, but you feel good. And as long as you're drinking high, you'll, you'll sustain that feeling, but, you know, call it 30 minutes to an hour afterwards, you're back, you know, you're back your full whole self and you can go about your day. And that's why you can have, it's non-alcoholic. You can have it during the, you have it in the morning as a coffee replacement. You can have it in the afternoon as a creative pick me up instead of a second cup of coffee, but you can also have it, you know, when you usually have alcohol, which is winding down on the couch after a long day of work or out at a bar. So it's better than a bread bowl. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, as Absolutely. someone who cut his teeth out of college working at Red Bull, I can tell you that it's uh, it's a lot better and the ingredients are a lot better for you. Um, but I think that like, you know, knowing the, like, who we are effectively talking to right now, something that was really important to us when creating this was like creating a drink that didn't lend itself to abuse, right? Like there are some other alcohol alternatives out there. Like, you know, for example, like Kava Kava, or like Kratom are two things that are like kind of popular right now that both of those can be abused and both of those have like pretty significant liver strain on you. And like, I've seen a friend like have withdrawals from like getting addicted to Kratom. And it's like these kind of things, we didn't want to have a drink that lent itself to abuse. So like, that's why we chose ashwagandha and cordyceps and lion's mane and L-theanine that are all like, this is a term in the industry of like the FDA calls them like grass ingredients. So generally regarded as safe. So like having all ingredients that would be like healthy for you that most people take as supplements, like it is not something that inebriates, it enhances. And it's not something that is like, whoa, I feel crazy. It's just like, I feel pleasant. Like I think of it as almost like a runner's high um, that after a big run, you just feel like, wow, I feel amazing. Just feel like I'm firing on all cylinders right now. Um, that's kind of the closest feeling that I would say. Um, 
and just felt like it was important to, to also um, kind of mention that. Uh, because you mentioned your golfer and you know, Phil Mickelson just started his own coffee company and it has lines made in it. Did you know that? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Phil's constantly carrying it. I, I watch yeah. golf and he just like, he pushes that stuff so hard. He's so funny though. Um, yeah, he, I do too. I love golf. I, I play a lot of golf myself and so does my, my husband and my kids. And it's interesting because, you know, this conversation has brought up so many things that when I was first getting sober, there wasn't this alternative. Like there, for one, there was no, you know, white claw. I didn't know what white claw was. I didn't know. I still like Tito's came out. I'm like, oh, that has to be like a tequila. Right. And I was like, no, it's vodka. So I had no idea what all those things, but having the alternative will help somebody hopefully get to that long-term recovery. So now here you are, and we don't call you George, you know, an alcoholic, but if you have not had a drink in the past three years, do you think it's been not fun? Do you think that it's been hard, challenging? What do you think about, because for the person that's out there that's listening and going, well, wait a minute, they haven't had a drink in three years. Has it been three years? Yeah, so for me, I got a quick story. So I stopped drinking with my family member. He got all good. And then pandemic came back and I was like, I think I can drink again. Like totally relapsed, drank way too much. And that led to like consumption of other stuff. And I was just, it was one particularly profound hangover that uh, scared me straight. And I haven't drank for like 10 and a half months right now. Well, so, that's awesome. Well, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Because getting one day, you know, for my listeners know that I always say this, like if we can just get one day, one day then adds another day. Because it's always the, you know, the fear of tomorrow and the regret of yesterday. And we're living here in today. And for me, doing the splits is not fun. I don't know about for you, <laughs> but like to do the splits on life, it's not comfy, right? So enjoying life in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're, I, all, we're all like striving for, right? Absolutely. And I, I love to kind of like, tell that story too, because I think I knew I was an alcoholic, um, but said I was not drinking for someone else. Right. And I think everyone kind of comes any, anyone who is an alcoholic, like there's going to be a moment that either like it demands that you stop or, you know, you stop. But for me, it was kind of this like long journey, right. Of these moments that were kind of like, me taking inventory of my life and saying like the portions of the, or the plate, the, the components of myself that I was most unhappy with revolved around alcohol. And then finally it came to this like beautiful, like I said, profound hangover where I just felt absolutely and viciously terrible was like praying to God kind of thing. Of like, if I get through this, I'll stop. I promise. And and I, then I, after that, I kind of put it as, as, all right, I'm not going to say that I'm going sober. I'm not going to make an announcement. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to drink. And I'm going to keep not doing that. And I just have kind of continued. And was it hard? Absolutely. For the first couple of months, like I hang out with a lot of people who are like college best friends where we were drinking buddies. Right. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and you're hanging out with the same people that you were doing a whole lot of like bad stuff with, right? Like it's, it's tough to go into that same scenario and just be 
like completely sober, right? Um, and that feeling was one that was challenging to start. But as I started to continue to get this like positive momentum in my life, it just became so much easier. And it became like obvious to me because it would be, you know, I'd like to think of myself as someone who's like very aspirational and has goals and, and all of those things that I would say, these are the different things that I want to accomplish this year. And I'd make progress and I'd be like so good from Monday to Friday. And then Friday at 5 p.m. would hit. It was just like, all right, time to brutalize your body. And then I would be like licking my wounds almost from the hangover for, you know, two, three days afterwards. It was like, how can I actually make any momentum? How can I achieve anything that I want to actually achieve here? How can I be the best like friend, partner, son, like founder, whatever um, that I can be if half of the week I'm like, punching with one of my hands tied behind my back because I'm hungover. It just started making more sense to me. Um, and frankly, now it's like, I, there's no challenge. Like it, it really isn't, isn't hard at all to me. Hyo makes it easier for me, like shameless plug, frankly. Um, but, you know, I think that enough people have seen me that I care about that they know like, hey, don't ask George to drink because he's not going to. But he's also, for me, I'm just as much fun. Like I'm still the, like, just as crazy, I guess, as I would be like letting loose on the dance floor. Like, leave it to me. Like I went to a wedding a couple uh, months ago and I was the one that split my pants on the dance floor, completely sober. And, you know, like the father of the, the bride was like, oh man, look at this guy. He's going crazy. And it's like, oh man, like I, I haven't been the one running up your bar tab. Like, this is just me. Um, so I think that there's also just, you have to realize that you have the permission to be your full self without any substance. Like you can be fun and wild and let loose whenever you want. Here's your permission. If you were waiting for that moment, like here it is, like it's okay. Um, and I think that moment and, and those realizations that you have as you're going on your sober journey, just start to accumulate. And then it makes it, ultimately you get to a place where it feels bizarre thinking about having a drink. Um, at least that's been it for me. Uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of been the, the story. Well, it's, for one, it sounds like you like yourself. You know, you like yourself today. Which I like is myself the, a lot more than I yeah. did. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with, with who I am. Uh, and I think that alcohol and drinking and just everything else that, that led to was a bit of an Achilles heel for me, right? Like I, I, I think that that was kind of something that was always uh, going to be pulling me down. So anyway. Well, congratulations to you on 10 and a half months. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and congratulations to you too on Evan on cutting back to whatever you need to do. And um, hey, it's you know, rare. It's rare. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, it's interesting because there's this old saying, it's like, you're never going to regret not taking that drink you regret taking the drink always. So you'll never have that regrets. You guys, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to see what happens. So you have to come back in six months. Okay. So remember to write to busy in six months and come back on and tell me how you're doing. And by then, hopefully I'll have tasted it. I was going to say the first thing we're going to do is fix that. Uh, we got to get you, get you a sampler sent over immediately. Please do. Please do you guys. And I'm so excited for you. 
And if any of my listeners have questions for these guys, I will have their info in the bio. That's going to go up with this tomorrow. And um, you guys, thank you for all of your time. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to have us on. And thank you for the inspiration and, and the, the truth that you're living. Um, it's awesome to, to see what you're doing 15 years. Um, hell freaking yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, just appreciate you uh, giving us the opportunity to tell a little bit about our story. Um, and uh, yeah, just really appreciate it. I'm excited to see where this goes. I really am because I love it. I It sounds awesome. I really mean it. Let's keep in touch. Come back on. And you guys that are out there, remember, you can reach out to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com. That's B-U-S-Y. And until next time, keep getting busy, living sober. Bye-bye, everybody.